Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Iron Brew Podcast is sponsored by Henley Granite and Marble. Henley Granite and Marble offer very competitive pricing on a huge range of worktops. We pride ourselves on our fantastic customer service and three working day lead time from template to installation on standard kitchen worktops. For more information, visit henleygraniteandmarble.co.uk. Quote Iron Brew for 10% off your quotation. Small enough to care, big enough to cope. Welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast. Brad Mel, Matt Ellis, and once again, stepping in for Matt Blanchard, we've got Matt Holtz. Great to have him back on the podcast. Now, we've got our first win, haven't we, under Neil Cox? So that's great, and we'll come into that a little bit later on. But we'll just do a little bit of news to start with. And actually, we'll end up touching on the match with this one because we got the news that Harrison Maguire has a bit of a hamstring injury. Obviously, we saw him go off in the, uh, the, la- the game last week, and that's going to be sort of up to five weeks. And I think maybe before the season started, we'd say that's, that's a big problem. You know, he's a good player. We want him in the team and I think that is true but equally at the minute we seem all right for centre-back don't we I think Cordner's playing really well but those doing well and then obviously we can mention um, Emmanuel Onoraise who came on at the weekend because I thought you know he won pretty much every ball he got to didn't he so I think yeah obviously we don't want him to be injured but at the minute we're all right. Yeah I think um, I'm not really sure how how fit Maguire has even been for the games he's played this season because I think he was he was maybe rushed back and probably not 100% fitness and I think we're probably paying for that now with him you know doing his hamstring so um, but I, I don't really think he, he's, he's been himself as he, he's not been great and he's made a couple of mistakes um, and he didn't have a good game against against Crawley um, so but it's not the end of the world I think I hopefully Honorise uh, you know he's fit enough to start because when he came on um at the weekend against Carlisle, he had a really good game and he's not shy of winning a header, is he? And I think he's two or three really, really good headers when we were basically getting absolutely saturated with long balls into the box. And I think he did really well. So um, hopefully he's, he's going to be fit for, for Saturday and, and we'll we'll see more of him because he looked more than capable. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure Maguire was really ever 100% fitness when he came in. So I think we might be paying for that now. Yeah, I think I'd yeah, echo what, what Matt's saying, really. Just the three centre-backs in, Bordeaux, Cordner and, uh, and Honorise from what we've seen already. I think in that department, we're not particularly worried, I would say, as we will be in other departments uh, across the side. A corner, like you say, a really, really big fan of him so far. The way he, sort of, he steps the ball out, he looks comfortable in possession when he has got the ball. Uh, yeah, brings it out nicely. Uh, Bordeaux. He looks like he's got a little bit of a mistake in him. Was it him? That, was it him or Corner that fell for that challenge early in the game? Yeah, Cordner one of the two. Way. Yeah, one of the two. Oh, I've just picked him up there, and then he's gone fell. <laughs> so. um, but it was <laughs> raining. Yeah, <laughs> we'll give him that one. Um, and then, yeah, like like say on on Arise when he when he came on. I know in the summer when we, I was trying to chat to a, some uh, some Dagger and Redbridge fans about him. Nothing but high praises for him. He, he was captain. He was he's named in the National League Team of the Week. 
many a time. Uh, he, he was a real uh, solid player. So I think they was really, really sad to, to see him go, but happy for him that they could see potential in him, that he would move up the divisions after he had a really, really tough time with uh, with Rotherham. He, he couldn't get into their side, could he? So, yeah, it, I, I, like I said, Mike Match just said, I, I don't see that being a problem. It's a, it's a shame for Harrison because he is, he is a good defender on his dead. I think he's, he's still young, he's still learning, but he's got real good centre-back qualities about him. So, yeah, I, I think we'll be OK with that. Yeah, well, Onoraiso was definitely the, the the pick of the signings for us, wasn't he? We were really looking forward to seeing him play. And obviously the club are sticking by him. It's unfortunate that he had that, uh, it was a hernia, wasn't it, in the end? So, you know, that that's something that you can manage and you can get him back. So I think what you were saying, Matt, I don't think he will be fit for Saturday because I think it, it was a bit of a stretch that he came on for this one uh, uh, against Carlisle. But I think it's he's sort of getting there. He's sort of building back up. But from what we've seen, and if, if that was him playing not fully fit, then, you know, great. We've got a other player on our hands. Yeah, yeah. It's, like I say, it'd be interesting to see what Cox eventually goes with with, with the formation and with the centre-backs, whether there is a pairing that work really well together. If Honoré say we'll, we'll come in and challenge and, and try and be one of those two pairs. Like you say, if he, if he wasn't fully fit, if he wasn't up to where he is going to be, I think we've got a hell of a player on our hands. He, he seemed to deal with those balls into the box uh, fairly easily within that last last 10, 15 minutes where he was in there. Didn't look, look out of place or anything. So yeah, we're excited to see more of him once he gets to full fitness and gets a little bit running side really okay I think we'll uh, let's yeah let's move on to this one I was in two minds whether to put this at the start or the end but I think it, it makes sense to do it now um obviously last week we were discussing things like the pilot events and we knew the the government statement was coming the day after we recorded on the Tuesday of course that has come there's been some, some tightening of some measures um some distance rules obviously they were hoping to get fans back in October that was always going to be a bit of a long shot wasn't it anyway but that's categorically been stated that it's not going to happen I think the significant thing as well is that uh, there's been the date of March imposed on some of these new restrictions that they could be in place up to then and I think that's the first time that the Prime Minister has gone that far ahead certainly isn't it beyond the sort of three week to a month uh, constant review of, of things and and I think as well I was reading an article on BBC Sports actually earlier today that was basically saying that the I, I guess the, the governing bodies of football if you like and other sports as well I think rugby and cricket were included uh, that basically to prepare for a winter with no fans in. And I think it's looking likely now that we probably won't be back in stadiums, certainly this side of Christmas, and it could be up till March, which, you know, it's it's disappointing from a fan's perspective. But how worrying is that from a, a financial point for the club? Yeah, I think uh, quite a few lower league clubs are going to be, um, well, shitting themselves really because it's it's not looking good. And I think that they were kind of relying on being able to get fans back for October um, to, to you know help help the balance sheets really because it's it's been a pretty terrible time for a minute and then being told potentially that it's you know it's not going to happen until March next year how how many of these sort of clubs that are already struggling now you know because of course obviously the players are back and they're going to be being paid full time they're not going to be on furlough anymore <clears throat> um, so there's only a limited amount of financial support um, for clubs. So they've, they've still got to play fo- players full whack and now know that they're not going to have any fans in until potentially well after Christmas. So they're going to be thinking, you know, what, what kind of support are we going to get from, from the EFL, from, you know, from, from the government, really? Because I think if it doesn't come, we're going to see a few clubs in, in sort of like really, real dire straits. 
We mentioned obviously the need for financial help, and I think that is probably a given league wide. Where do you think that is going to come from? Because um, I mean, obviously you mentioned the EFL there. I'm not entirely sure as a body they are what has the money. I, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure how the revenue works for that. I've seen uh, people state obviously the Premier League. There's obviously a vast amount of money there. Um, mm. Potentially some of that could get funneled down. There's also I think PFA is potentially uh, one to get involved. But I, I don't know. Where, where do you think it's going to come from? Yeah, the, the EFL generally are not massively cash-rich. And I think um, if it's going to come from anywhere, it's going to be two places. Because most of the money that's in football is is through TV rights, of course, isn't it? And most of that is from the Premier League and your associated parachute payments that really don't touch League 2 that much. Um, you know, it's, it's a bit different between what kind of the championship gets and what we get. We don't get anywhere near what obviously teams in, in the kind of higher tier do get so really I would think this is going to have to come from the government um, and I don't really know what they've offered so far up to this point um, so it is, it's quite worrying isn't it and uh, quite a lot of clubs will be very very um, kind of you know, what do they do what's their next step um, but you know we, we, we're we not really hit the kind of critical point because I honestly see maybe in the kind of next six weeks depending on how this you know, the, the, the infection rate increases. And I, I can't honestly can't see it going down, to be honest. I don't think that these measures have been either really taken any notice of or really are enough to kind of put the brakes on this thing at the minute. So, you know, I, I will be very, very surprised if we get to kind of November and we're still having, you know, games of football played in the Football League. I'll go bring Matt in in a second here, get his views on this. Obviously, you mentioned there about games. Obviously, we've seen likes of Leighton Orient and obviously Stevens, I think Grimsby as well in this this recent couple of weeks. You know, games are getting cancelled left, right and centre. So you're absolutely right there. I want to bring in just one more point as well about the finances. And that is that uh, you might have seen the statement, I think it was Colchester's chairman, wasn't it? Talking about how I follow revenue is sort of divvied up and it, it sort of favours the, the bigger clubs really, doesn't it? Because I think it basically states that um, your home club basically will get your home money obviously and then they will get the first 500 tickets sold from the away team so you know if you're a club that only sells 300 odd tickets that particular club the away club they don't see any money for that game so you know i follow is not a case of you know you buy a you buy a ticket to watch your club that that your club's definitely going to get the money it might not be and obviously you factor in as well um especially with away games if you're a family of four say that we're going to you know go on go on the day take the trip you're buying four tickets nowadays when we're watching it online and you know, you're all in the same household, you're only going to be buying one ticket. So it's already reduced as it is. So, you know, even, even the streaming rights, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's going to be bringing an awful lot into the club. Yeah. Like I said, I can only echo what you two say. It's a really, really worrying time for the low league clubs within the football pyramid. I know you say that the government and the Premier League and, and officials from wherever are saying that this that there's something's going to have to happen. They, they make up the, the, this footballing family that, you know, we, we all love and we all watch our team every week. But some of these clubs, I, I really do start to worry from the, the little clubs. I remember, we don't have to say, but Grimsby, you know, they're, they're dealing with no assistant manager this season and, and they their chairman saying that they was only weeks away from, you know, being real close to the ball. It needs to happen and really, it, it needs to happen now. Somebody... You know, needs to step in and say, look, for the for the sake of these clubs, for for communities, you know, you forget these little clubs where some of them, you know, they run on these volunteers, they run on thingy to try and keep the club going. That some of them don't li- 
actually have the wages to to pay whatever it's it is it's really worrying for the time of football it, it's most alarming if you look at Macclesfield you've got Manchester United and Manchester City just down the road from I know you know you're not going to say that they're going to step in and, and save them whenever they do but the alarming thing for me was one was it Richard Scudamore left uh, the Premier League for uh, his service and whatnot and got paid a payment from each club yeah you know as, as like a bonus or whatever but then tiny little Macclesfield that had been failed by the EFL failed by all these people you know in these higher positions I don't, I don't know that just doesn't sit right with me as a, as a lower league football fan you know someone who's watched watched my club you know for years we've, we've never been close to that sort of money do you know what I mean those those kind of subs of figures and that they could save clubs at times it's, it's a real harrowing time and it, it's going to be it'll be close for some of these sides and hopefully you know we don't get to see it but who knows what's going to happen if you're not saying if you're like you guys are saying it's going to be March or, or even later in, into to the year so I mean, yeah, I mean, that is another thing. We're, we're sort of looking ahead, aren't we, to March. But even then, I mean, it's. I think it's entirely feasible now that we might not watch a game in person this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's so weird to think about. You know, we, we every, every Saturday or every Tuesday or whatever, you know, we've got some association with this football club. And, and, and it's, it's even that social side, you know. I'm really worried for, you know, there's these people, you know, we're, we're talking about now with, with mental health, such, it's such an ongoing thing within in, in this world now. You know, you've got, to get out, you've got to get out to speak to people. You know, some people really do rely on football as their, you know, their outbursts, meeting up with the mates on, on their Saturday, things like this. It has such a knock-on effect, not, not even money just just down the line it, it, like we were saying is, this, is the money going to even funnel down to these smaller clubs that really do need it how long somebody needs to, to step in you know the, it is like I keep saying really worrying for these smaller clubs at this time it's, it's difficult for for kind of what governments or you know health bodies councils whatever to, to decide what what the acceptable level of risk is for people to continue being able to go out and live a life and work etc etc because you can't just keep locking everything down every few months because industries will just evaporate overnight including the football industry nobody wants that to happen really because it, you know it's, it's such a massive kind of um you know it's massive for tax revenue for, for the government etc etc so, um and people obviously want to see football die but it, I mean, at the minute, you know, if you get to a point where you, I mean, obviously we're not going to have games with fans in for a while. Um, but if, if they can find a way to continue to have games behind closed doors, and then fair enough, because I think a lot of people prefer that to happen than have no football at all. Yeah, definitely. And like I say, we'll keep an eye on that as it progresses in the next coming weeks. Uh, let's go on to something a little bit more cheerier then, shall we? We got our first win under Neil Cox. And I say it was more cheerier. However, uh, maybe that's slightly incorrect because let's be honest, it was slightly lucky, wasn't it? I think come the end of it. I mean, I mean, if we'd have lost 3-1, you'd probably have said fair enough. Well, let's, let's get into it a little bit, shall we? And let's start with... Let's start with the lineup uh, as we normally do. It, a little bit strange. I think McAtee obviously was available to feature. He's been training but is not fully fit. I think he's expected to play on Tuesday. That's probably fair enough. Uh, Turan as well had a good game last week. A uh, slight groin injury, I think. And that was just a precautionary one. You know, rest him. Why risk him basically when we have, you know, options again? I agree. But uh, let's go on to Issa, I think. Because obviously we know he is one of, if not our best player uh, at the minute, uh, who is currently fit. And 
he's he he didn't feature last week, did he? I think that was through injury. So we wondered if it is it the same. Is that the reason why? Well, when speaking to Mike White after the game for Radio Humberside, uh, Neil Cox said this, and this is on Issa not featuring. He said, "It's one of those games. I'm not sure he was going to get much of the ball. He needs to go out wide and run at people. We was one nil up and had to stick by at home, and not sure it would suit him. I I, I don't know. I I for me, I don't agree with that because I think that game certainly second half onwards was crying out for Issa. What about you? Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a bit of a strange say- statement. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't start. Um, it, it's difficult to criticise the, the the kind of starting team, etc., because we, we got three points at the end of the day. So in that sense, the manager got it right. And I think that, you know, fair enough, you don't want to start him okay but I'm I was you know really surprised that maybe on about 60 minutes he didn't come on because I thought we, we were increasingly getting penned back in our own area we weren't really having much of the ball um, and it looked really you know more and more likely that that Carlisle were going to get the equaliser thankfully they didn't in the end but I think that if, if we had brought Issa on at kind of that point I think that that we probably could have killed him off and got the other goal um, because as we said that's the kind of quality he's got and I think that if I'm surprised he didn't come on for Hippolyte at 60 minutes. Yeah. Because I thought Hippolyte had a, a pretty, well, as I say, terrible game, but he, he didn't have a great game, did he? He didn't do a huge, I mean, he didn't do a massive amount wrong. I think he lost the ball in possession a little bit, but I think he was, he, he, he didn't do much, really. It was, it was a bang average performance. And I thought that because of the amount of sort of time that we could have hit Carlisle on a counter attack, which we looked like we were going to in a few instances. And I think we had one pretty much guilt eggs chance where, um, Hallam Mr. Sitter, but besides that, I think that if he's to, if he's won, we would have definitely exploited the, the kind of counter attacking opportunities much more. And I think Hippolyte didn't really do that. Um, so I'm surprised he didn't come on. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's quite a difficult one. I, I don't really, I, I agree with you, Brad. I don't particularly agree with the statement from Cox there. I thought that it, it was sort of screaming for Issa to come on after about 60 minutes and, you know, Honestly, and I thought that that would have basically won us the game. Although we won it anyway, so he didn't really get it wrong, did he? But I thought that on another, on a you know on a on a different day, it would have helped. I know what you mean, and I think as well, it's not like we would have had to sort of rework the team to get Issa on the pitch because, like you were saying, I think you know Hippolyte struggled yesterday, uh, and and also you know we have changed formations. We're not going to do formations all that much, but we were playing sort of four four one one, weren't we? And Hippolyte and Gilead were on the wings, so it's not like we have to you know move whole teams around to get Issa on the pitch. You could have taken Hippolyte off and put Issa straight in that position, and it would have been fine. Yeah, that's that's why it was strange, in my opinion. I, there's no reason he couldn't have started because, like for like, for polite, and and I think he probably works better on the left hand side anyway because he cuts in, cuts in on his yeah. right foot. Yeah, exactly. And and then equally, as I said, bizarre that he didn't come on after about sixty minutes. I, I didn't really get it. Would you know maybe that's telling us something if if we read between the lines. You know, it, mm. is he unsettled? Is is he looking for a way out because he's he's kind of not really been utilised where he should be when he's when he started. He's he's played centrally and it's not worked for him at all in the whatever the hell the formation has been. So we don't really know, do we? I mean, obviously we can hope that he's not going to go. I think that the when does the, the transfer window shut? It's, it's, it's soon, wasn't it? Isn't it? October, October, yeah. I think, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, so it's not far away. So it's still plenty of time for players to move around. So um, I don't know. It's, it's a bit worrying, really. And, and I think it's, it's a bit strange. And I, I, the statement from Cox didn't make enough sense for me for that to be the real reason. I think he was probably covering the fact that there was something else going on behind the scenes because generally Cox is, is, is forthright and upcoming and he'll, he'll say how it is. But there, it didn't quite, it didn't quite fit for me uh, because none of that really made any sense. And Issa could have started or he could have come on, but he didn't. So it was, it was a bit strange, which led me to believe that maybe something else is happening. I mean, obviously, hopefully he doesn't leave, but if he's, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it is a very strange one. I don't know. Yeah, I think I can agree. I agree with both of what you've said there. You know, like we say, the 60th minute Hippolyte for me didn't, didn't have a fantastic game. You know, when he, when he got the ball, he looked short on ideas, maybe tried to bring it inside and lost possession, gave it away cheaply, you know, fell a couple of times, didn't really get forward on the pitch. It, it was screaming out for an, uh, for an out ball for, for East to, to get onto, you know, to, to stretch their defence when we, when we really need to push up the pitch, you know, push the back line up, you know, just reset really and, and get us moving forward a little bit more. And, and in that second half, we didn't really have anybody to do that. We was constantly pegged back and, you know, it was long balls constantly into the box for, for 45 minutes and I was listening to the uh, BBC Radio Cumbria and they were, were in awe at how many balls they'd put into the box nobody was just willing to attack it and somebody to get on the end of it and just grab something for them even though we did defend really resolutely um, like I say we, we wanted somebody to just get us further up the pitch you know give a little bit of support to, to Loft push that, that midfield up and Hallam should have definitely scored that chance. Yeah. There's no two ways about that. He's, you know, he's just leaned back, hasn't he, and lost lost his footing maybe a little bit as he's as he's gone to shoot. You know, just see his name with a brace. You know, so um, yeah, it's, it's difficult to say as well regarding his transfer. You know, is is he maybe looking hmm, now? Now we've got enough cover. You know, who have we got wide now? We've got we've got Gilead, We've got Colclough if he's ever going to feature. You know, that, that's another topic really. Why yeah. why happened to him again? Um, Hippolyte and Anissa, we've got four wingers there, really. You know, is he starting to think, well, you know, maybe these formations that Cox is playing week in, week out don't really suit me of what I wanted to do. I'm not really a wing back. I want to be more of a forward and an attacking winger and, and get out of defences, like you say. So it's, it'll be interesting to monitor, definitely, as we're heading up to the headline. For, for those two players, like I, I just mentioned, for, for Easter and Colclough, you know, something with, with, with Colclough, I'm, I'm, I don't think it's, it's clicking at this club, whether it's something that's going on behind the scenes, whether it's something his personal life. Life, it's moving up here whatever happens you know it's got, we know he's got all the talent in the world on his day fantastic player for this division anybody would, would snap at the chance in League 2 to, to have a player like him on their books so you know is, is it best for him for us to maybe just cut our losses with him and you know say right well can you maybe use those utilise those wages or that money a little bit better than, than move him on so yeah that, that deadline coming up it'll be interesting definitely for those two players to see what happens Another player, of course, that we mentioned quite a lot last week was Mason O'Malley, and uh, now he gets his, his proper league debut this week. And yeah, uh, in a four-four-one-one, as we said, sort of uh, suiting him, I think, there as a as an actual left back, supposed to play in uh, in a bit of a wing back role. And yeah, I thought he did well and uh, put a, a great ball across for a chance that um, Loft really should have scored. Yeah, he, sh- he should. <laughs> I, I don't know how he missed. To be quite honest, <clears throat> I saw the. Um... I uh, saw the replay, you know, a few times, and it, I'm not sure if if he kind of partially got clattered by the defender or not. But it really, it looked, I don't know, he missed. He just miscued, I suppose. Um, unfortunate, really, because he was he, he was in that position where you want a centre forward to be, really. And I just thought that it, it was also a fantastic ball in by by Mason O'Malley. Really, that was a, a you know a, a top class piece of, of you know, wing backmanship, whatever the hell you want to call it. But he's, he's really really good, and I was actually impressed by him all game. Um, to be quite honest, and as, as you said, do the week, but I, I, maybe we don't have a, a need for another left back because 
you know, what's wrong with him? He was, he was quality. Fine. Yeah. The, the technique for such a young player was was superb, and he did really well when he got forward. Um, and I thought he had a really good game, but the ball in was was top quality, and it was on a plate really. And, and Loft should have buried it. I'm surprised he didn't. Um, unfortunate because I thought he had a really good game. Yeah, he did actually. And let, let's just go on to him for a second because I, I, I've again I've seen a couple of comments about him. Um, I wonder if people think you know because he is a striker, they're expecting to score you know every game. That's it's not the case. It's not how it works. I thought his work rate um, at, uh, against Carlisle was was brilliant. Actually, much improved from the the Crawley game. And you, you just look. There was moments. There was one up the sort of in the far end of the pitch, and it was it was quite comfortable. I think for Carlisle's defenders and. He, he won it back, didn't he? He won it back and sort of made something from nothing. And he did that a few times in the game. Yeah, he was keen to drive forward. Um, and as you said, he, he made things happen out of nothing. I thought his work rate was really good. But I think that he, he showed quite a bit of industry as well. And I thought that he seems to show a bit of intelligence as well because it, it, quite a lot of those situations, he, he knew where to be and, and he'd, he'd, he'd drive through into space and things like that. And it was just unfortunate that he didn't create another opportunity, really. But I thought uh, although if he had the goal, I think he probably would have been man of the match because he, he was he was excellent. And I think he, he, he was pretty you know, lacklustre against Crawley. And I think that he's, he's obviously heard the criticism and, you know, he, he's done something about it. And he's, he was, he was, you know, he's really good on Saturday. So fair play to him. Yeah, I think he's, he, he's, he's trying to silence those critics that he's had, he had last week, really. I think for, for Lofty, he does seem still to me in the formation on what we're trying to play for him at times. He is a little bit isolated for me. You know, you want somebody around him, uh, like I said in my piece this week, I, I want someone around him, you know, a little bit of a spark, someone that can that play off him, whether that is going to be McAtee when he comes back into the fold, whether that is Kev or maybe even um, Fels, who used to be at Carlisle himself. You know, it's you want somebody around him that's going to, you know, play off him and, and, and suit that kind of play that, that Loft wants to be, whether he's going to be the hold up and, and knock it onto someone and, you know, he's going to move into those positions to get us further up the pitch again and, and, and look a little bit more promising in that final third. But for, for what he had to do, you know, the second half, like I say, we, we didn't really have a lot. He, he had to feed off very, very little. Again, we were was constantly pegged back into their half. And it, it was a professional job. Like I say, sometimes in this division, we said last week, Crawley, you know, just one goal is, is going to be enough this season. We just settle it. And, and, and that's the way this division works, really. Sometimes you really, really do have to work hard and, and grind out that defeat. And, I keep saying that the BBC Radio Cumbria that I was listening to were absolutely fuming that they couldn't get something from those games and I'm sure along the line we're maybe going to have games like that where we just can't break teams down you know Crawley was maybe not the best example we did have a lot of possession but didn't really create anything it's um, it's, a, it's a weird division for us and it'll be weird moving forward to see if teams kind of go for what the Carlisle do study and what they do and, and try and do uh, exactly the same so yeah I think you're right there because, you know, a 1-0 win, obviously, for us. And I think that's, it's a very strange one for me because I think in one regard, you say, yeah, that, you know, that's fair enough. We sort of, we held it out. We, you know, we managed it to some extent fairly well. And, you know, we got what we deserved. But equally, I can see the, the Cumbria points because if, if they'd have won 3-1, I think you'd have probably gone, okay, yeah. And it and you mentioned Man of the Match there earlier Matt, I think there was a man of the match and there was a clear man of the match and that was Rory Watson and he pulled off three vital saves and the first obviously being in the first half where, um, I th- well, there's a bit of a slip, isn't there, as we've already mentioned and then the, their player is, is wide open. And I thought at that point, because I think this was this, that was after the loft chance, wasn't it? And I thought, yeah, okay, here we go. This is a certain goal. You know, they'd, they'd got it in the right position. It was He was dead on there, one-on-one really. And you're thinking, right, that's going in. And Watson pulls a save. 
it was a, a quality save, and I think that yeah, he, he was one of the match, and uh, we, we you know we have to be honest, and he, he was he was our best player. Whatever that tells you about the, the team or the performance, that your goalkeeper is your best player at home. You know, take whatever you like from it, but as an indi- as an individual performance, um, he, he pulled off basically three top quality saves, and and it was because of Watson that we won the game, and it's as simple as that. That's his best game for us. Yeah, absolutely, no. and it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? We're like three years later, and it finally he's he's <laughs> he's had a really really good game, and he's 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 earned his, his money for the first time since he's been at the club, as far as I'm concerned. But don't let that take away from him because. He was our best player. I think the thing as well is with this is that it's it, it, obviously man of the match, great performance and, and like you were saying, three vital saves. I think it's important to note that next week, you know, it's, it's not going to be the same, is it? It's like if a striker goes and gets a hat-trick, I guess. He's not going to score hat-tricks every week, isn't it? You know, you're not going to get this, like, I, I'm loathe to say, um, like, world class because it's not that but it's like that sort of thing you know vital match winning saves if you like um you're not going to get that every week from your keeper but if we can get performances from him closer to that level than what we've been seeing previously and do that consistently throughout this season then that's I guess that is the player that we've been told that we have you know are we finally finally getting to see that yeah, definitely. It's you know, it's, it's taken an age for us to get to you know seeing this this sort of quality from Rory. It was an absolutely fantastic performance from him. Like you say, man of the match, three incredible saves throughout the game, and it, I'm, I'm really chuffed for him. To be fair, he's, you know, I've at times been a real critic of Rory. You know, saying, "Oh, look, we, we need to bring in an experienced keeper, someone that's better his distribution and whatnot." But just for the whole this season, that you know, you're not even including you know uh, Saturday's performance. He does does look a little bit better between the sticks. You know, a little bit more confident. His, his distribution, his kicking, his handling, all, all those sorts of things. So I was I was really really chuffed for him. And, and like you say, it's it's about now. He's got a, he's got a platform to, to build off of. He needs to springboard and, and use that confidence that he's gained from you know a clean sheet, a, a great performance from himself, and, and his backline for for most of that, and and really push on now for the for the season. You know, moving forward as a, as our number one goalkeeper, definitely. And I think Neil Cox said afterwards as well, you know, saying there were some great individual performances, obviously alluding to that. And, you know, obviously it's great that he got a clean sheet as well. That's obviously a part of his game that he personally would want to improve as well, as I'm sure we all would. Um, yeah, really important he got that. But it also it gives the team uh, confidence as well, doesn't it? That was something that Neil Cox was saying. I, I think that's right. Yeah, I, yeah, I completely agree with that. You know, like he said in his his, his post match uh, interview that I saw, these these young lads, you know, they're playing league football together for the first time. It's it's a relatively new team that we're seeing again. It's a complete overhaul of players. You know, they're all coming in into the fold, playing you know proper football, league football for the first time, and for for them to grind out, it was it was at times it was a, a professional you know performance in that we had to grind out. You know, I'm not saying that we we blew anybody away because we all know we didn't play brilliantly. You know, we we only looked good really. I would say for that 45 minutes offensively going forward and the defence showed their quality in the second half for that. So I, I'm really chuffed for some, some of the young lads. Again, the midfield was was the one thing, you know, sometimes it seemed to bypass uh, Spence and Vincent a little bit too easily sometimes. Maybe that's their experience, non-experience, I should say, showing a little bit there, you know. Calas seemed to just move through the gears and through them a little bit quickly um, at times. But the centre-backs and, and the full-backs, uh, like you, you touched on earlier, O'Malley, I thought, had a good game. Hornshaw, a little bit of a, a wobble in the first 20, 25 minutes. But, you know, if that's a position that he's going to be playing for us now, it, 
in in that right wing back position. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I was happy for him as well. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can we can build on this. You know, go mm. to Manchester City on Tuesday and then Tranmere on on the Saturday. Um, so yeah, ho- hopefully you know it's it's a it's a real booster for the side moving forward. Yeah. We talk about the booster, and there is one player that, I w- that we want to mention. That is, of course, Jordan Hallam. And I know Matt Blanchard is obviously not on this one. He's a real big fan of Jordan Hallam. He likes him, you know. And I think you can sort of see why, because he, he obviously has been plagued by injuries. It's he's really struggled, I think, to get his his moment with the team. And actually, I'm delighted that he got the goal actually, because and it, it's it's well worked in to some extent. I mean, Carlisle they give the ball straight to Gilead, don't they? But it's a great pass from Gilead to halfway line gets Hallam exactly where it needs to be and then and from the angle Hallam's at actually it's it's actually quite a nice finish because I think it's it's quite an easy one to put past the post really and and for me we talk about sort of being pleased with players and taking the moments and things like that you could see it you could see with his celebration you know how much that goal meant for him yeah he's he's, he's obviously he's had a, a bit of a torrid time since he's uh, joined the club hasn't he he's, he's been plagued with injuries really which is it's a shame because we kind of seen glimpses of him and um we kind of we were quite excited by him, and I think that you know he's quite an intelligent player, and I think it's just about finding where his 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 best position is because he's he's not really big enough to be a striker, is he? And I think that his, his stature will probably affect him in centre midfield, but he can kind of kind of play in the hole where he did, um, and and it, and it worked for the most part. Um, I thought he was a little bit quiet before he scored the goal, but after he scored, he he grew into the game a lot, and, and he did really well. And I think that um, yeah, it was it was an excellent goal, very very intelligent pass from from Gilead, very 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 nice ball, and and Hallam actually waits, doesn't he, for the ball to come across his body um, before sending it back um, I think it goes through the defender's legs and, and straight past the keeper it's, it's, a, it's a top quality finish it really is and he, t- he took it really well and it is a real shame that he couldn't have um, put the second chance away that he had in the second half because that was a sitter <laughs> I think but, he didn't um, realise he had as much time as he did didn't he yeah, I think it, from where we were sat, um, it looked like he, well, he basically was, he was one-on-one with the keeper and I think he just kind of, he snatched it, it and yeah. just sliced it and it just went into into orbit, didn't it? Which was a real, real shame because it would have been nice for him to get to. But I thought, you know, he, he had a good game and hopefully he's, he's, he's looked with injuries holds and, you know, you probably starting next week because I thought it, it you hope that, that You hope that that thing at the end was just a little bit of cramp because it really would, you know, it would be really bad luck if it was hamstring or I think something so, like that. But I think it, it was cramp. He seemed to carry on all right, didn't he? He didn't go off yeah. or anything like that. So he, he seemed to be all right. But it, it was a good finish. And um, he's quite pleased for him, really, because I think he has got a lot of potential. And he's, he's just been... He's not been able to show it because he's not been able to get on the pitch, really. So it's been very frustrating for him. So um, hopefully there'll be more to come. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Like I say, he's, he's a player that's, that's often forgotten about, certainly for me. Somebody that, oh, I forgot we've got John Hallam at the club. He's been, he had a torrid time, hasn't he, with, with injuries. And it was great to see him out. When, when I saw him included in, in, in the lineup. I thought, this is a, a real time for him to, you know, to, to make a stamp and, and try and mark, mark a place down, potentially, you know, with a lot of injuries that we've got in the, in the forward line currently with, with uh, well, McAtee being out and, and Kev and uh, Olfem. So it's um, it's... It's good to see him. Like I said, the pass from Gilead is, is absolutely exceptional. And just touching on him for a second, I mean, he's a great start to the season for me. I think he's been one of our best players so far. You know, great. yeah, on that right flank. Sometimes, you know, like I say, we wanted that out ball with Easy. You know, he's he's the one he picks it up. He, just the way he drives past people, you know, creates a bit of space. Wins us at a corner or or a throwing down on, on that side. You know, fantastic. And that, and that pass he plays through is is on on the money, isn't it? For for Hallam, you know, all he needs to do is. 
take a touch and, and then set himself and, and finish. So, yeah, on, on Hallam, you know, it's great to see him back in the side and, and hopefully long may it continue if we can, you know, keep him on in the side, keep fingers crossed, you know, we don't need any more injuries in this side, do we, this season so far. So, um, yeah, really, really tough for him and he took his goal fantastically. Right, let's let's move it on then, because obviously one 0 up uh, half time, and then the second half, as we've already alluded to, they keep us in our own half, really, don't they? And like you're saying, the launching balls into the box, left, right, and centre. And it, were you frustrated with the way that we seemed to just, I, I guess, sit on a one nil? Really, we didn't seem to want to attack it as much as I thought we might have done, given the statements that Neil Cox made when he came into the club initially. Yeah, I, I, this, is, this is the slightly worrying thing. We were kind of sold this and we've not got it so far. So basically for the last 25 minutes of the second half, we barely touched the ball um, and Carlisle were kind of completely on top um, and they will be really annoyed that they didn't get the equaliser. And I think that, as we said, if, if it wants for Watson having a really good game, we weren't going to win that game. Um, it's as simple as that. So I, I was, they were always going to get another chance and they got one you know, relatively late on, didn't they, um, for Watson's third save? And I thought yeah. the guy got a score from there and he, and he didn't. So thankfully it didn't. We, we got the we got the three points. So all the decisions the managers made throughout the game have, have been vindicated in the fact that we've won the game. So, you know, we can't complain too much. But having said that, I, I don't like it when we sit back. We saw a lot of that under under Russ a few seasons ago and, and we were always looked like we we're going to concede because he always brought another centre-back on and it was basically say, well, we're giving the game away. And at the same time, as I said earlier, it was it was crying out for Issa to come on and, and he didn't. So I was disappointed that either, I mean, obviously Honorisi came on, but of course Butchroy came on as well, didn't he? I just thought, you know, just, just put Issa on and take a playoff. And, and, and you saw it, it gives you an outlet, which we really, really lack because, for, as I said, for the last 25 minutes, we were completely penned in by Carlisle. We didn't look like getting out. We were really, really struggling. And it was almost the next, your last substitution was going to make or break the game. Thankfully, it didn't, or maybe it did because Onorise came on and he did really well. And and but to be to be fair, throughout the game, for the most part, we defended really, really well. Um, obviously, apart from the, the bit of a shambles, um, Watson's first save that was bad defending, but obviously quality goalkeeping. But obviously, you cannot always rely on your goalkeeper to make those kind of saves. So another day, we've lost the game, and it's as simple as that. And you look, you're sitting on a point aren't you? So, and it's not looking good, but obviously we've got three and we're kind of a table, so we're looking okay. So it's it really, really fine margins. And I think that um, this is this is where it shows experience in managers and, and Cox is relatively inexperienced. Um, but I don't want to be too harsh on him because we would have won a game. It's his first win. Um, but it was a bit worrying the way that we kind of kept bringing defenders on and, and seemed to sit deeper and deeper back. Um, but it worked in the end. But against a better team, it's not going to work. Well, let me just maybe suggest something here because I think I wonder if there is a, a point to make about as just needing that first win because we've mentioned this already, haven't we? We lost the cup game, we drew Newport, we lost to Crawley, and we we're sort of saying we, you know, it's a young side; they need the confidence, everything like that. We need to just get a three pointer on the board, and so maybe it is a case of let's just grind that win out, see that we can grind out again because, as you say, when we we facing you know higher class of opposition we're probably gonna have to do this again aren't we you know um it's it's gonna be like that it's gonna be defending for a a while and now we have got that three points maybe it just gives a little bit of safety that if we find ourselves in a similar position again being one up that we can go okay well we've got a little bit of comfort now in the fact that we've got a couple of points on the board maybe we can try have a go let's let's have an attack at this one let's see what the team can actually do if we can sustain that type of game and then sort of learn from that 
Yeah, definitely. I think it's, it's the, the question of the formation, really. You know, like you guys have just touched on, we was, we was promised this this attacking fluid, you know, two up top, you know, fantastic football that, you know, Cox wanted to do and, and implement and bring in to Scunthorpe. And, you know, we was all, wow, this is what we wanted, you know what I mean, from, from previous managers and you know and weird formations and, and players playing wherever maybe we we did just need to, to grind out that role and give us a bit of the confidence and and like I said earlier a bit of the springboard to base our our next performances on so there, there was certainly an error for me watching that 10 minutes and that, the last 10 minutes sorry I was so worried to just you know scunthorpe thought teams of the past you know give a goal away even even two goals away but you know like you guys said we, we the defenders that, that we brought on on a rise that came on dealt with everything well you know everything that was into the box we in, in Godot, um on a rising corner, three fairly fairly big and, and you know six foot plus defenders, you know balls into the box. You know you should think it it, it should be fairly easy for them, but you always have that little worry with Scunthorpe, don't you, that something's going to go wrong. There's going to be an absolute howler in the last couple of minutes. But you know you know we say that and we've we've walked away with with three points when we was basically pegged in for for forty five minutes of that second half. You know we, we didn't have anywhere to go. We, did, we didn't have an out ball. We didn't have nobody really to put it up to. It was just constant wave after wave. You know just just keep riding it out. So, so, you know, for young, like I said earlier, for young, inexperienced players to, to do that and, and experience that kind of, you know, you need to nitty gritty kind of three point win in this division. You know, it, it will do them real well and stand us in, in good stead, you know, while Cox is still figuring out what players he's, he's got to come back, what formations he, he is going to play. You know, if the team's winning, then, then fair play to it, you know. I think as well on that last 10 minutes, this was something I was going to bring up. You mentioned there about like being worried in that last 10 and actually that, that was right. And I realized as well, it wasn't so much that I was worried that, okay, we might just let a howler in here. It was more that I was thinking, okay, we, you know, we, we've got to get this win. You know, let's, I was sort of willing them on to win. And that was when I just thought, oh, hang on a minute. Okay. I'm actually invested in this now. You know, I'm properly once again, like properly hoping that they get this win and I thought actually you know there's been so many comments over the past uh, couple of years really and certainly over the summer that there is a bit of a disconnect now with the the team and people basically just being like oh, I don't actually care anymore and I think that is the case and I've, I've sort of questioned it myself being like you know how interested really am I and I sort of thought well I wonder if part of it is because you know and I've mentioned this before as well that because we were doing so many in conversations and things I felt like I was still busy with Scunthorpe United if you like but I, I can absolutely see where this disconnect has come from and I've had it myself but I thought in that last 10 minutes when we're 1-0 up you know and we're trying to cling on for three points I just suddenly thought oh no hang on a minute yeah no I, I want this yeah, definitely. You know, I was I'd be the first to admit I was jumping for joy when we we'd, we'd let that full time whistle go. You know, it, it, it is your home side. You know, and you you are invested in this times. You know, where you, oh I, I can't be bothered with scrums like this week. You know, it's going to be the same old. When I get beat here and there, but you know, it, it's it's a time of you know we've all got to stick in together. You know, we've got Cox on the list to you know fantastic scrums thought. You know, they know what this club stands for you know you know what these fans want you know there seems to be a good you know a good buzz a little one just generating again I don't want to jinx it and call it too early do you know what I mean but you know even if this season is a bit of a trial season and we end up finishing that mid-table which you know based on that I would say you know 
there's nothing that suggests. I know I saw Matt Blanchard say something. There's nothing that suggests that we're going to be there or thereabouts. You know, this season it's, it, it's going to be mid-table for me. I think so far, whether players return is going to affect that. And we're going to put a super run together. Who knows? I would love to see that, but but for now it may be there. So it's all these players that I keep saying they've not played a lot of football together. You know, they're, they're relatively inexperienced in this division. Um, but you know, it's your hometown team. You're willing them on, and yeah, maybe it is. It's been a good summer for us, you know, to get some people that know what the fans want, you know, local people to, to build that buzz back up again, you know, like, I don't know, Kirsty, so that, that Adkins got a feel, you know what I mean? Right, let's move forward then, I think, because obviously we've, we've covered a, a lot of this game, I think, haven't we? We've covered the main bits, obviously, Watson, again, let's reiterate, great performance, three really great saves, I think he definitely won us the game, and that'll do wonders for his confidence, for the team's confidence, and long may that continue. Uh, let's look forward then, obviously we're approaching October, and as we know, it's a heavy set of fixtures coming up, haven't we? I think we're Saturday, Tuesday for quite a while. Um, Tranmere away next weekend. But before that, on Tuesday night, we do have the EFL Cup and it's the under-21 Manchester City team. And actually, do you know what? I think this is actually coming at a pretty ideal moment because I think we've got certain players that are there or thereabouts in the team sort of fitness wise who could just do with a game I'm thinking you know McAtee uh, Jordan Clark I think is uh, approaching that sort of fitness levels as well that maybe now a Colclough as well would be one that this uh, a game of, of this uh, what should I say competitive nature if you like it's sort of a glorified friendly if you like it's an opportunity for Cox to put those players in, give them a chance and just get them, get some minutes under their belts and let's just see how they do and if they are ready to get in the team for Tramere and onwards. Well, that's what it is. That's what it's going to be. And, and I think we probably spoke about it a few weeks ago, really, that you can expect the, the club to use um, this competition as, as basically an extension of pre-season, in a sense, um, for the early rounds anyway. And, and if we manage to progress, then, then fair enough because of, that's where the more of the money comes in, isn't it? Um, but I think that it, it is an ideal time now to get some players in, you know, like you said, McAtee, um, who, who need a bit of fitness and, and you can expect them to play on Tuesday night, really, in a relatively competitive fixture, so to speak. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it comes, I'm not, to be, for, for me personally, I don't really care about the result. If, if we come through it with a, a few players who, who need minutes under their belt and they manage to do that and without any further injuries, then I think it's been a, kind of a successful exercise. And, and that's, I think, how the club and I think how most fans will probably view it at the minute. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like Cox is saying, isn't it? It's, it's really hard with a squad of our size and, you know, not with these uh, the under-23s and the under-18s not playing a lot of football. It's a perfect opportunity, like Brad just said there, for Clark, Clark who's near injury, nearing return from injury, sorry, and, and Colclough from McAtee, you know, to, to get that match sharpness back into them and, and get some, some, some match minutes. Manchester City's under-21 under side, did, did we beat them last year? We the, did. It was the one where we won. Yeah. I think we won 3-0. I think Kev scored two pretty great goals and then there was a bit of stick between them and him and the centre-back. I think it was in the press for a little bit. It was that game, I think. Yeah, yeah. And there were some nice clips of uh, McAtee and Kev, wasn't it, linking up That's for, right. the, for, the, for the first time. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, it's, like you guys have just said, it's, it's a great exercise for us. You know, we need to use this to to its full potential for these players to to get vital minutes under their belt. If they're not going to get it in the under twenty threes, which is, is a real shame. You know, we start we saw that introduction last season. It's something which does the clubs well. It gives them you know a platform to for Wilcox to you know to feed back into to Cox and say, look, so and so playing well and you know, something into the into the first team and having you for them, if you will, as such. So yeah, if if we do well in this competition, you know, everybody knows the feel 
feel around it. It's, it's a bit of a epoxy competition, if anything, really, isn't it? On the on the basis of what it is, but yeah, I'm I'm sure. Like I agree that the club will use it for what it is, really, and just use it that for that reason, sole reason of the fitness, really. And then just briefly before we end, let's look ahead to uh, Tranmere because I think that that's a shame for me because I think that was when uh, when we found out we're in the same league. Obviously, yeah, that was that was one I'd quite liked to done as away days. It's been quite a long time since I've been to Tranmere. I think it was the I think it was the promotion season last time I went there. Yeah, it's uh, I, I was the same really. It's um, yeah, being up at university in Liverpool. It's, it's right around the corner for me. So it's it's I'm, I'm, I echo that, Brad. It's it's a real shame. It's a local one for me when when I'm up here, and you know it's yeah, a different one that we don't really get to see. But yeah, it's. I know they've they've um, they've just come down, haven't they? I think it was PPG, wasn't it, that done them? They just yeah. outside, and from that it, it put them down. No, um, Mickey Mellon's uh, just left there, and um, a new manager, and I think it's a assistant Jackson that's that's gone in there now for them, and they've had a complete overhaul um, of their squad. Um, and they're not, I say they didn't do too. Well. Oh, they got a point, didn't they? Cambridge and Cambridge doing quite well. Um, so yeah, be interesting one for us to go there. You know, if you give me a point now, like I say with that one, I'd, I'd take that definitely. But interesting to see what what we, what we go with there. Do we stick with the same thing, same sort of players? Do we see an introduction based off of Tuesday? You know, it's uh, yeah, interesting to see what World Cups is going to do there. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully that will be the case with the Tuesday game. I think that might actually generate a little bit more interest amongst the fans, get to see some of these players we've not necessarily seen yet and get an idea of what they're like. And, and then, yeah, like you say, maybe we'll get them in uh, for Tranmere. And I think we'll probably leave that there for this week. Uh, Matt, thank you very much for coming back on. It's been great again. No problem. Thanks again for having us. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Not at all. And thank you very much for listening to this one. Please like, share, subscribe, all of that stuff. And we'll see you next week for our review of the Manchester City game and the Tramia game. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 